up, guys? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pickles and Vodka Podcast. I am sitting in my very glamorous studio right now, aka my rental van, with my guest, Bianca. Hello. <laughs> it's been a week and a half, let me tell you. Um, I'm going to let Bianca introduce herself formally and talk about her deal in a second. But first, I just want to tell you a little bit about what's going on with me. I'm currently in St. Louis on day two of my cross-country trip uh, from Virginia to Seattle. And yeah, it's been rough. It's just been a huge ordeal. And my traveling with a stressed out cat and um, packing my whole life into a minivan. And um, I actually recorded a podcast episode on Wednesday and it was really awesome. And I emailed myself the wrong file and lost it. And the computer that I recorded it on is being shipped across the country with my ex. So I didn't think I was gonna have an episode, but then my lovely friend here was like, yo, put me on your podcast. <laughs> actually, I think I invited you. <laughs> Let's be real, um, I'm desperate. No. Um, we were gonna try to record at her parents or her grandma's house, <laughs> but they were way too loud. And so she was like, hey, let's just record in the car. So here we are. We're in a YMCA parking lot in my rental minivan surrounded by all my earthly belongings. <laughs> um, but still, we're really excited to launch into the topics today. So Bianca, why don't you just introduce yourself? <laughs> Tell us like how old you are, what you do, whatever okay. you feel comfortable with. Sure. Like your mental health history. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Get up close and personal. I have to get up close to the microphone. I've never done this before. It's being supported by a tissue box. Yeah, this is a really nice setup in here. <laughs> um, so I'm Bianca. Uh, hello, if you haven't met me and you're listening to this. I'm 24 and I currently work as a biological science technician with the National Park Service. Woohoo! So, yeah, uh, in Tucson, Arizona right now. So, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Tucson, the dirty tea. <laughs> Hell yeah. It sounds like a drug. Oh, uh, it is. I'm addicted. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my mental health history. Should I just start from the yeah, beginning? Yeah, just start or? from the very beginning. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so the first time I remember and I have recorded of being depressed uh, is when I was 11. I actually, I, I keep very extensive journals of myself because I think I'm obsessed with myself, um, which is great. And so I have journals of myself and I, I wrote in one of them that I was feeling depressed when I was 11. So I think that's kind of when it all started, you know. So yeah, just a feeling of depression. You know, when I was young, I didn't really understand what that was. I just thought that that's how everyone felt. So uh, yeah, just growing up, I always felt like, worthless and that I was undeserving of love and that life just sucked and I honestly uh, didn't find out that wasn't normal until high school when I asked one of my friends like man life sucks doesn't it like <laughs> I was like man you know I can't believe this is how life is I guess when I started becoming more cognizant and talking to people and she was like no that's that's not how I feel and I was like oh my god what what? Yeah. What no way. No. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the way everyone feels. And, and then, you know, 
I realized it was a problem probably when I turned 18. I had uh, like a, a breakdown, I guess. I was really shy. Um, I have social anxiety as well. And um, I just remember going to school in high school. I hated going to school. I hated walking down the hallway. I felt like everybody was looking at me. And I still feel like that a lot of the time, like pretty much all the time. And yeah, and so then one day I just remember my mom wanted me to go to this like math club meeting. And my mom was always really, really supportive in trying to get me to like go out and make friends and stuff. I had a few friends, but not that many. And um, I just remember, oh my voice, but I just remember <laughs> that I like broke down and I was like, I'm not going, like I hate this, like I can't go, I can't be around people. And I just had a breakdown. Um, so that's the first time I was like, okay, maybe I should be in therapy because like to react that negatively to something that's pretty standard is probably not, not a good sign. What constitutes a breakdown for you? Um, I haven't had many, but that specific time I just started crying and like, I guess just, yeah, crying and kind of screaming and I had to be like I had to go in the car with my dad and drive around town so he could calm me down oh. um yeah and it it was just a weird way to react to that yeah because you're a very chill person I am chill yeah I am uh yeah but and I've had a few since then but yeah and so then after that I went to therapy it was a faith-based therapy because I I used to be Catholic and it was kind of helpful, but I don't think I actually really got much done in that in that therapy experience. I don't think I was really putting much into it, personally. How long did that go on? That was about nine months. Okay. Yeah. Was it the same therapist the whole time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I kind of just stuck with one therapist, whereas I probably should have maybe looked around and found one that I really liked. Um, but also, how old were you, 18? I was 18, Like, yeah. how much can you, you don't really have a lot to exactly. say in the matter. Yeah, it, and that's the thing, is like when you're that young, you don't really understand what's going on. Um, yeah. So you told me you wanted to talk about your experiences when you were young and like how it affects you now. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because um, you've, I mean, you've changed a lot, obviously, like you've grown a lot. We are just getting coffee and talking about this but also you said you still feel a lot of the time like people look at you we weird how did you say it like everyone's looking at me yeah it's yeah and you said that feeling has just been carried with you like you're yeah. since you were a kid yeah and honestly that's like the worst thing about social anxiety the worst thing is every single time I go out in public I feel like people are staring at me and it's just ridiculous um no same I feel like that too sometimes it's, okay yeah. yeah I've gotten better at like telling myself that's not really what's happening uh -huh. but I think it's really a common everyone is kind of self-absorbed especially if you're dealing with like a mental illness or whatever mm -hmm. like it's easy to get stuck in your head and just think everyone's constantly looking at you yeah or like they know that there's something going on inside of you and you're like oh my god they know I'm not normal um 
Yeah, but what was the question? <laughs> um, how does, like... Oh, what? how do my things in the past affect me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I'm in therapy again. I've been through four therapists. Oh, I didn't tell you we were in therapy again. I am, yeah. That's awesome. Talk, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, and something that we've been talking about in this therapy, with, and I really like my current therapist. She's great. And something we've been talking about that I like is foundational beliefs. Um, so I'll, I'll go into therapy and I'll be like, oh my god, I feel like everyone hates me. And she'll be like, well, why do you think that? <laughs> and then she'll dig deep like into the past, like, well, what has happened in your childhood that made you think that everyone hated you? And so I guess just like experiences when I was young that translate to things today. I'm not very eloquent. <laughs> um, no, like, do you feel like there is one specific event that occurred? Or do you think it's just a series of things that happened or? Yeah, well, it's funny because after being in therapy, I remembered. And it was like in high school, I had this really great group of friends. And then one day, all of a sudden, they all, not all of them, all but one decided I wasn't their friend anymore. Damn. Yeah. And they were just like, no. <laughs> They just... Just, like, one day, it was... They just stopped? Yeah. Yeah, they just... Like, I came... Well, I think I came back from a junior year, and all of a sudden, like, the mood had changed. Oh. Like, they were just, like... I would sit with them at lunch, and they didn't want to talk to me. I would just kind of be ignored. And they never outright said to me, hey, we don't want to be your friend, but they just gave me, like, the impression, like... It's obvious with teenagers... Like, they're so passive-aggressive. I'm still intimidated by teenagers. I hate teenagers. They're teenagers terrible. suck. Dude, they suck. Sorry to my uh, one teenage listener. Sorry, all teenagers. But you suck. Get your act together. No, I sucked when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was... I sucked for different reasons. I was, like, wildly insecure. Like, I think you... I was... Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. yeah. That's part of the feeling, like, everyone's staring at you. Because, yeah, you're insecure. You're just like, what the fuck? And I don't think... Sorry, this is kind of veering off topic, but social media, what, do you think that has had oh an impact? Oh my god, yes. I was actually talking about this in the car with my parents yesterday. We drove here from Austin to St. Louis, and a lot of conversation. But yeah, like, dude, social media, because all you see, you know, and people have talked about this a lot, but all you see is this perfect veneer. Yeah. When in your life, all you can see is everything, you know? It's like such a contrast, and... That's why I love this podcast, because you're talking about stuff that's real, that people don't want to talk about on social media, and it's like, if no one talks about it, everyone's going to think they're the only person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes life is uncomfortable, and I think we should be able to talk about that stuff. Like, and, and one of the reasons that I think everyone thinks everyone's always looking at them is because we're used to being in the, the eye of the public, like in social media... Like, when you post something that's public, you are being judged. Yeah. And we're just so used to that. Yeah. And not to interrupt your story, but <laughs> I do want to address something that someone told me about the last episode. Um, I had a, a good friend message me saying that she listened to the last episode, um, and I was complaining about my body, and she said it made her feel uncomfortable about herself, and... I seemed really negative and it just made her feel bad and triggered. And so that made me think about like the purpose of this podcast and, you know, how transparent should I be? Like, 
whether I should put like trigger warnings on the episodes because um, in the end like I'm speaking about my experiences about myself and my thoughts like I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable but also I don't want to censor myself you know mm-hmm. um, so let me know what you guys think about that because that could open up a really important conversation I think yeah definitely yeah I don't know continue yeah so social media yeah I'm not a fan <laughs> but I mean honestly that's why I deleted my snapchat because honestly like I just felt like every time I looked at it I was spending that time looking at what other people were doing while I was not doing anything and that's not productive to me yeah and even when you are like taking snaps you're not living in the moment yeah and you're kind of like is what I'm doing doesn't look good you know, yeah. Not. Yeah. Am I feeling good? But yeah. So we talked about that for foundational belief and like how that event of my friends kind of being like, no, you know, kind of turning against me, I guess, or deciding not to be my friend. Oh. <laughs> how. Um, We're like leaning all hunched over this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how that event that I kind of. I honestly put that out of my mind. I hadn't accessed that memory and that feeling in a long time. And she kind of pulled that out of me and she was like, well, explore this. Like, how does this thing in your past affect you now? And I'm like, yeah, you know, having that people's, you know, I guess kind of validation that I was un- disliked, you know, uh, validation's a weird word because usually it's positive, but uh, has kind of brought to me now the times that I feel like I'm disliked I'm like well in the past it was true so now it must be true and so it's kind of it's kind of a weird unconscious thing that I have to be like okay just because that happened in the past doesn't mean that's what's happening now yeah history doesn't always have to repeat itself especially if you are growing and you're a different person than you were then yeah so knowing what you know about foundational beliefs does that change the way you like move through life Yes, it does. It does because when people act a certain way towards me that makes me uncomfortable, like let's say I ask someone if they want to hang out and they say no, uh, in the past I would have been like, okay, obviously they hate me. Yeah, definitely the case. They hate me so much. Uh, I'm weird, and yeah, that's why. But now I'm I'm able to say like, okay, yeah, in the past I asked someone maybe to hang out and they were like, no, maybe yeah, because. There was some beef we had, whatever. But now I need to think of it in in today's terms. Like, why are they saying no? Are they busy? Like, do they really hate me? And it forces me to kind of come up with proof. Like, what proof is there that they hate me? You yeah, know? like there could be a million things going on. Exactly, yeah. And kind of taking that focus away from me and being like the reason why people say things to me is because of me and maybe placing it more on things that could be happening in their lives too yeah you know I think that's really important sometimes to take the focus off yourself because it can be exhausting just constantly analyzing yourself and judging yourself and and questioning everything you do yes just get out of your head and maybe focus on other people and what they're going through it can be refreshing it is, yeah. So I try to like, I try to write it down. If someone reacts to me in a way that, that I'm like, did I do something wrong? I try to write it down and think, what did I do wrong? Did I not do anything wrong? So, and we talked about an instance where I did do something wrong. Oh today. yes, I did do something wrong. Shout outs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and 
And so I'm able to take a case like that and be like, okay, yes, in this case, they are unhappy with me and this is why. And it kind of helps me think rationally, you know? Yeah. It's easy to let emotions like cloud your judgment. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So you mentioned journaling. How many journals did you say you had? A lot. Oh, a bajillion. Yeah. I have them ever since I was five years old. Five? Yeah. And then... You still keep all of them? Yeah, I have all of them. Uh, so over the year, do you ever like go back and read them? Yes. Yeah. And it help, how, how does that help you? It or not help you? <laughs> it, it does help me. It helps me connect to who I was in the past because I feel like I've changed so much as a person. Honestly, like I sometimes I look back at myself and I say, who was that person? Like, that's not me. It's a weird feeling. It's really weird to think how much you change. So it's kind of nice to get grounded and be like, yes, like that was me and these are my experiences and are these experiences affecting me today? Am I pushing these memories out of my head? Like, how is this whole package me and how does it equate to who I am now? How does it affect me? I need to, I need to be able to, to understand those memories to be able to see if they're affecting me now, I guess. Well, what advice would you have for someone who like is thinking about journaling? Um, I would say don't feel bad if you skip a day or a year or a month. Yeah. That's okay. You know, just maybe if you're like, I should try journaling, just, you know, allocate maybe 10 minutes and just be like, I'm just going to do it. You know, maybe if you have nothing to say, just do a free flow. Like, What's a free flow? Uh, nothing specific, but <laughs> it's just when you sit down and just write whatever is on your mind. Just even if it's like, I... I pet a cat today, you know, like whatever, <laughs> just let it lead from there. You Me know? every day. Yeah, that's a good day. Pet a cat. I didn't pet any cat. I have today. a friend who, um, she draws a box and she just fills the box with words and stuff she wants to say until it's just black. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's a cool technique. Yeah. So there's like no limits to what you can do. Mm-hmm. I do think journaling is really helpful, and it doesn't have to be a physical journal either. It could be, like, online. Yeah, sometimes or... I find that online is easier for me, just something about typing versus writing. Oh, yeah. You can do it faster. I agree. Yeah, you can kind of get your thoughts out faster. Yeah, I'd say do it. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> it's not really the best advice, but... Oh, do it. Um, yeah. Okay, so... You were telling us your life story and we totally got off topic. <laughs> Where did you leave off? Is it recording? Oh, it is recording. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yes. I left off at 18. Yes. At your breakdown. At my breakdown. Woo! Yeah. Yay! Breakdown. Yeah. So after that, um, I went away to college and that was my first time being away from home in my entire life. I had never been away from Austin, Texas. And shout out to Austin. Shout out we to Austin. It. We both met in Austin. We did at the coffee shop. Yes. <laughs> we worked together and it was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I I was kind of feeling like kind of like I wanted to get out of my comfort zone, which probably wasn't the best thing to do when I was depressed, but you know, maybe it is the best thing to do. Yeah, why not? Um, I wasn't ready. I mm. just was not ready to move out of my to move out of my comfort zone. I wasn't ready. Um but, you know, I was stubborn and I was like, I want to go far away from home. So I went to Notre Dame, woohoo, uh, northern Indiana. Oh, wow, that's far. It was really far and it was really different from Austin. It's a small town, South Bend, Indiana. 
and it was just completely like a 180 in terms of culture and um, after a while I was just very very depressed I started like drinking and uh, having like suicidal ideation and just you know kind of just very depressed um, did your parents know no they didn't they would call me and they'd ask how I was doing and I'd say it was fine I didn't want to worry them and uh, when they came to pick me up in May I I decided in like March that I wanted to, to drop out and I told them I was like hey I'm, I'm not staying here another semester Wow yeah and so I dropped out and I decided what, what was their response to that out, just out of the blue right yeah I think they were confused they didn't really understand what was going on because I wasn't really open with them and it's hard when you're that far away to really have open communication um, like through like phone calls and stuff because you can't see their face you know? yeah it's easy to hide stuff if you want to super easy yeah and um, they were like okay like we support you you know they're very supportive and I just met her parents for the first <laughs> time and they're amazing <laughs> they're so cute and so so I left there and I went to ACC Austin Community College Woo. yeah and I was just yeah, that was a really confusing, muddled sort of time when I was coming out of being religious, coming out of what I thought was going to be my future at Notre Dame. Just kind of like a reset button, honestly. Back in Austin, reset, and finally coming to terms that I had depression and anxiety. You know, I finally was like, yeah, okay, I need to deal with this. Um, yeah, so... So while you were at ACC, how were you dealing with it? Very badly. <laughs> <laughs> that was my worst time, was Aww. when I was 19. Yeah, the 19 is my craziest year. Um, I just started self-harming. Uh, I started just, you know, drinking whatever household objects I could <laughs> find. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, like... Yeah. Can I relate? Yeah, and just reckless behavior, just, yeah. I mean, I was, it was not good. And, uh, yeah, that was a rough time. I was, that's another time in my life where I'm like, I was a really different person, you know? Yeah, it sounds like you did another 180. Yeah. From Honestly, the other 180. Yeah, yeah, because in high school, I was always, I was known as the smart girl. That was kind of my thing. And I hated it. Mm. I hated it, which is so dumb because that's a good thing to be smart. Well, you know that now. I know that now. Yes, but, but tell that to a high school kid who doesn't have any friends and who like wants to be in the yeah. cool crowd. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like, so I kind of did that pendulum effect where I was like, well, I was a good girl. I was the smart girl. I was a valedictorian. I went to Notre Dame. I did everything I was supposed to. Now I'm just gonna be a teenager. Um, and yeah, it was just really self-destructive. And uh, yeah, I hurt people, definitely. I hurt my parents, mm -hmm. I hurt my friends, I hurt people that I really cared about. And I think eventually I I just was like, oh my God, I can either keep living like this and probably die, <laughs> or I can do something. I shouldn't something. be laughing at that, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> I was like, I can either keep living like this and probably die, or I can, I can do something besides this. So what did you do? Um, I just, 
I don't know, I just stopped that gradually. Um, I mean, self-awareness is the first step. It is, yeah. If you're in denial, you just can't get anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I was just kind of in this black hole. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess something I did do that kind of changed my perspective is I went to Botswana, uh, which is in Africa, and uh, I did that on a whim. <laughs> And I, I'm lucky that I have, like, funds to be able to do that. I realize not everyone has the privilege to be able to go on, like, some extravagant vacation. Like, eat, pray, love kind of <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> it's where I figured out what I wanted to do with my life, which is biology. Nice. Yeah, and where I kind of got this independence from traveling alone. And oh, so you went alone? Yeah, well, I was with the study abroad. But, okay, I was going to ask if it was for school or if it was, like, yeah. a, you said vacation, so I thought it was, like... No, I was study abroad, yeah. Okay, well, that's a vacation for Bianca. Heck, yeah, I love traveling, and I find a lot of empowerment in it, and, like, just realizing, like, hey, I went to this completely different continent with a b group of people I didn't even know, like, two months ago. I was like, maybe I can do stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, so that kind of gave me confidence to do something crazy. So yeah, I did get out of my comfort zone and that was a positive experience. So. Yeah, like there's different ways of getting out of your comfort zone and some are healthy and some aren't. Yeah. And it depends on where you're at, like you said. Y yeah, and that's where I think being self-aware helps. Like, is this the time when I should make a big change? How am I feeling? Like, it's, you know, it's like, it's hard. I don't know. So you just happen to go there at the right place and the right time and yeah. like Pretty started much. getting better. Yeah. And sometimes... I feel like that's a thing with recovery or with depression and anxiety is sometimes things just happen they just happen and you're like okay like you have to go through it and then it's done like yeah like something just happens and you're like that helped yeah and you couldn't something that you couldn't have known would help or something that you couldn't have known would hurt too so like, don't close yourself off to opportunities I guess yeah, exactly. Just don't like don't let depression keep you from living your life. Like even if it feels like you're going through the motions, sometimes something will just happen. Yeah. Yeah, something you could never have guessed. And yeah, like take a take a leap of faith. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cheesy, but <laughs> No, for real. Um so how long ago was that trip? That was 5 years ago. Wow. So a lot has happened since then. <laughs> yeah. You graduated school. I did, yeah. I You've did. traveled a bunch more. Yeah, mostly in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. You, like, got a new job. You're about to get another job. Yes, And yeah. move again. Yeah. So how's your mental state these days? I would say that it's, like, at a simmering point. It's not boiling. I'm not, like, going crazy or anything right now, but... And I don't want to say going crazy. Sorry, that's... The C word. The C word. I'm sorry. I'm not good at this, but... Um, no, just say what's on your heart. Cut that out. No. Never. <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, I'm I'm in a, a stable state right now, is what I would say. I'm definitely stable. I'm able to, like, to do my job and stuff, but there are definitely things I want to work on in the new year. Yes, New Year's is coming up, you guys. It's my favorite holiday. Really? I'm just a sucker for new beginnings and Dude. symbolism. Like, yeah. I love it. Yeah, especially this year, because it's like, hey, 2019, I'm in Seattle. Yeah, you're going to be in, well, either... Uh, either Florida or Wisconsin, we'll see. But yeah, new beginnings all the way. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and it is. And 
I think it's an inspiring time, you know, to have that sort of extra kick, like, hey, it is a new year. Yeah, it's it might be cheesy, but yeah. whatever motivates you to be a better person. Yeah, and so, so yeah, my mental state now is stable, but there are definitely things that I recognize I can and should work on. Um, you know, I still have social anxiety. I still feel very uncomfortable going out to the grocery store. It's my least favorite thing in the world, grocery store. Shout out to grocery store. I hate you. <laughs> I don't think shout outs work that way. <laughs> <laughs> shout in to grocery store. Go away. No. Still don't think it works that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I still, I still deliberate a lot on things that I say to people and what I do and just concerns about if people hate me, but I feel like I've had, got some good, good things that I can use to sort of think those things out. Awesome. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank I you. met her like five, four years ago. Was it? I was 19. Oh my God. I was 20. You, you met me right when I was coming out of my crazy stage. Yeah. But you didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I just thought you were like a funny, nerdy girl who Aww. I bonded with immediately. Yeah, she's come a long way, guys. A uh, lot of stuff has gone down, but um, yeah, I think it's so crazy that I last night I stayed in Columbus and I hung out with another girl that used to work with us at the coffee shop and was actually roommates with Bianca for a while too. She was, yeah. And she's gonna be a guest on the podcast soon. And then tonight I'm hanging out with Bianca, and we—it's just so crazy how it happened. Like, what are the odds of us all being in the same places? I know. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy. Um I have I don't really have a lot of emails to go over today. A lot of you sent in some stories from your personal lives uh regarding social anxiety, so I'm just going to read them. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. Um so one of my friends has dealt with anxiety her whole life since she was a kid. And so she she's sending me like these installments of like moments where it came out in her life. So this week's installment she sent me, she said back in secondary, which I think is like middle school to Americans. She's uh, in, what's the word? Scandinavian country. Oh. We went on an educational school trip to Germany and Poland to visit concentration camps and historical sites from World War II. At one point, we were visiting the cinema that showed educational movies, and I found my seat quite early on, getting comfy and resting my leg against the back of the chair in front. These were like the fold-out seats uh, kind of cinema chairs. And when some boys from another school that I didn't know filed in front of me and found their seats, my foot got trapped in the folding mechanism. I'm like feeling anxious already. Dude, I, my heart's pounding. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this was excruciatingly painful oh. and I could feel my shoe getting ruined. Yet, since I did not know these boys and I didn't want to draw attention to myself, I said nothing. So I sat there for 40 minutes with my oh. foot painfully trapped in someone else's chair, saying nothing because I was too scared of the social interaction. I relate. Oh my God. I'll yeah. Get out. Yeah. I, I think both me and Bianca have put ourselves in painful situations just because we don't want to make another person uncomfortable yeah yeah fuck that yeah like oh my god i'm trying so hard to get better at that but it's i'm trying to think of an example oh like the other day some lady cut in front of me at the self-checkout line at the grocery store and 
normally I just don't say anything. I wouldn't say anything. I let I'm it happen. But I was, I, would, I was on a 10-minute break. My time was precious. I just stepped up and I was like, excuse me. It's, I was next. Nice. <laughs> she was like some like 40-year-old lady. What I don't did know. she say? She looked a little pissed, but she stepped back. And my heart was pounding. Like I felt, and I still felt guilty. And I hate that we feel guilty for just claiming what's ours. Like just be yeah. Like you deserve normal. not to be in pain at that moment, you know. But you're a kid, and you you know you're scared. That yeah. just sucks. Yeah. And I think all of us can relate to that a lot. Absolutely, yeah. Confrontation is really hard, especially oh when you're having. God. I anxiety. hate that word so much. Confrontation, yeah. I'm trying to get better with that too, but it's really tough. Yeah, if you guys have any tips about... Yeah, how do you guys deal with confronting people? I really want to know. I Same. Would, I would love some some emails. Yeah, this next story is from Chelsea. I hope that's okay that I said your name. Um, <laughs> for me, social anxiety affects me in a lot of ways, but the number one most painful place is in the workplace. When I have to train a new employee, when I have to meet new hires or contacts, when I start a new job, when I have to run a shift... When I have to cold call, ooh. Mm. Mostly because you want to perform your job, but sometimes it's so bad, you know? And people don't really get it. I have so much trouble trying to explain. Like one time I had to seek customers at my job and I totally freaked, had to take a coworker aside and beg her to do it while in tears. LOL. <laughs> oh, no. And she was like, uh, okay, she probably thought I was lazy or something. But yeah, that's. That's hard. Like, sometimes the anxiety will strike you out of nowhere. Like, you know you're competent at your job. You know Mm -hmm. you can do it. You know you've done it a million times before, but in that moment, you just can't do it. And no one understands. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, why can't you do it now? And it's just like, I don't know. Just all of a sudden, my anxiety decided to pop up and say hi. Like, yeah. It's like, okay. Oh, my God. I I had an angry customer a few months ago, and she, like, made me cry. I'm a five-year veteran at this shop, and, like, I, I've dealt with angry customers a million times before, and just for some reason, she struck a chord, and I was, like, shaking, and she called me out on it, and it was, like... It, she called you out on you shaking? Yeah. What? She, what did she say? She's like, honey, calm down. You're gonna... She, but she said it in a mean way. Like, it was just... Oh, my God. So I want to tra- punch her in the face. Who is this lady? I know. Is it just some lady? It was uh. so traumatizing, and but, like, the thing is, you can be really good at your job, and it still strikes out of nowhere, and it's embarrassing, and... Yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything helpful to say except, like, remind yourself of the facts. Like, you will get through this. It's just a job. Mm-hmm. You're not going to die. And it's like okay that. to, yeah, it's okay to ask your coworker for help, and it's okay to take a step back. I oh, yeah, totally. That's... Like, I'm glad you asked her to do that. Yeah. And I'm, I, I don't think, I hope she didn't judge you too hard. Like, sometimes I feel like we think people, we're, we're afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Like, it, in my mind, I'm always thinking, like, what's the point, I, like, of asking for help? Because they're just going to think I'm lazy or say no. Or but People want to help you, especially if you are more open about your struggles and they know you're dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if I knew someone had anxiety and they were like, hey, I need to go in the back for a second, I'd be like, I got you. Yeah. Like, I definitely think it, it gives them the context to be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um... In the last episode, I realized that I asked you guys to email me like five times and I never once said the email address. <laughs> so um, I'm going to be recording the next few episodes on the road. Um, I'm super excited about it. We're going to cover topics like family upbringing and grief and loss. And um, my next episode is going to be filmed with someone 
who's related to me. I'm not going to say who it is. But if you guys have any stories or questions about family, upbringing, body image, like that kind of thing, send them in and we'll read them. Yeah, it, the address is picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. You can also send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. I'm thinking about getting a Twitter account. You should. That's what the young kids are doing these days, right? Yes. Dude, Twitter and, and the president. So it's very, Wait, very what? prestigious. Yeah, have you ever read Trump's tweets? No. Oh, dude, you are in for a okay. world of interesting. <laughs> so I'm going to start a Twitter tonight. I'm going to follow Gotta the president. Got to follow the president. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I just said that on the podcast. Oh, okay. No. Well, um, oh, I want to wrap up with a, a cool thing I discovered this week. Ooh. Um, it's I didn't discover it this week, but I'm really appreciating it this week. And it's Airbnb. What's um, that? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, so it's like a hotel, but it's people's houses, like people renting out rooms in their houses. And it sounds really creepy, but it's it's cheaper than a hotel, and you get to experience like a local taste. And like I I've used it so many times, and I just love it. My whole all the places I'll be staying on my cross country trip are Airbnbs because I have a cat. It's really hard to find hotels that let me have a cat. So last night I stayed at one in Columbus. It was a room in a house that a guy built himself. It was like an Ikea catalog. Everything was gorgeous. And like, he was super nice. Um, And a lot of times the hosts will interact with you. Sometimes they won't. They're usually really respectful of what you want. Like, but yeah, I, I highly recommend Airbnb if you're traveling and you're broke and you just need somewhere to stay. I love Airbnb. That yeah. great, yeah. Do you have anything cool that you want to yeah. recommend to people this week? Yeah! It's actually another podcast. I'm sorry. I know last time was a podcast no, as well. No, give me all the podcasts. Okay, because people are going to be like, I can't listen to all these. But... I'm on a road trip. <laughs> I need podcasts. Okay. Uh, I think you'll like it. It's called The Minimalists. Have you heard of it? No. Oh, so it's about minimalism, and which is a, kind of a thing where you try not to have too many possessions. I love it. Yeah. I just threw out half of my possessions. Isn't that great here. about moving? You can go through everything and be like, okay. My mother taught me how awesome it is to throw stuff away. Like, she wouldn't let us get a toy if we didn't get rid of another one. Wow. And so, I, okay. as an adult, like, I still kind of carry that with me. Like, I love getting rid of stuff. Yeah. It's so healthy. Me too. And I think that minimalism is good if you have anxiety hmm. as well because I think at least for me the more stuff I have the more anxious I feel like if I open a drawer that's just full of crap I'm just like oh my god what is all of this what am I doing with this also that's a great analogy for my life yeah you (laughs) open a drawer and you're like crap no so organize the drawers of your mind yeah yeah organize the drawers of your mind and like yeah maybe I find it really really peaceful to just go through all of my stuff and get rid of things like I find that helps my anxiety weirdly enough no totally I agree and it kind of like is symbol symbolic too like you're like letting something go and then when it's in yourself you're like I'm gonna let I can let things go like I can do this yeah I don't know. Okay, so listen to minimal. I'll, I'll be listening to minimal. Yeah. The, the minimal. The, the minimalists. Yeah, it's good. You listen to it. I only listened to one episode, but I liked it. All right. Yeah. I hope you guys have a great week. Send me your emails, please, or I'll hunt you down. <gasps> <laughs> um. Oh, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I Happy guess, Hanukkah. Oh, I guess this will be released on Christmas. 
It's a Monday. Tomorrow? It's a Monday. Tomorrow's Christmas. Oh my God. Merry Christmas. Oh my <laughs> Happy God. holidays. All that jazz. Yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.